Bon chance, everybody. Welcome back to the highway with Kyle Shutt. I hope you're ready to do it low and slow today because we got Mr. Jimmy Bauer from I Hate God and Down and all sorts of other rad-ass bands on today. We're going to talk about all the good times we had on tour with Metallica. We're going to talk about New Orleans, one of my favorite cities. I hope you like this one because I had such a good time talking to Jimmy. If you like hearing me make a damn fool out of myself on the internet for everybody to hear, go ahead and ring that little bell, hit that subscribe button, follow this show, you do whatever you gotta do to make sure you don't miss a single episode. And if you wanna go one step further, you can help us out at patreon.com slash thehighway. For a few bucks a month, you can get early access to next week's episode. You can help me put a six-pack of beer in my fridge like Mr. Matt Mosley did. Thank you so much. Get your own shout-out, too. You do whatever you gotta do to help me keep these lights on. You can do nothing. I can totally do podcasts in the dark. We also have to thank our lovely sponsors, Heil Sound, because if you like the way I sound, it's because there's a Heil in front of me, baby. It's time to turn up the Bauer power, people. Let's do things my way. The Highway. Hey, Jimmy, what's going on? I'm doing good. How you doing, Kyle? I've been fine, man. I, uh, I was thinking about the last time I saw you um, because uh, we had, uh, uh, when you were playing with Down and uh, when the Sword had gotten uh, the offer to do Metallica's uh, World Magnetic Tour, that was 13 years ago. <laughs> wow. I know, man. Like It just blows my mind to think about. Uh, yeah, that was, that was some good times, man. Definitely, uh some of the most memorable shows I've ever played in my life, you know? So that's good to hear. Cause that's the same for me, man. Um, I still think that that show that we played in Istanbul, uh, is the biggest show that we ever played. I mean, still to this day, I think it was like something like 70,000 people there or something. It was just nuts, man. And if you remember during the, during the day, they had that bombing, man. Yeah. Like that series of like mailbox bombs. Yeah. 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 And then later on at the show that night, um, uh, whenever Metallica would play one, you know, and like all the like the bombs and guns would go off like before the song over the PA, the whole crowd hit the deck. I mean, like the people <laughs> thought like the shit was going down. <laughs> wow, know, I mean, wow, I, that's I, I, I Laugh now, but like that's just crazy to uh, to live in a, a place like that to think about. But um, but thanks so much for uh, coming on the program. Uh, yeah, it's a new little You're thing I started just. Man calling up everybody that uh, we used to tour with and having a good time just talking about the good old days since uh, we're really, you know, not doing that right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this pandemic sucks, man. So, you know, I've been I've been working with a friend of mine doing iron work and uh, nice. def- definitely ready to get back to my other profession without a doubt, you know. So, Tell me about it. Yeah, are you still in New Orleans? Yeah, I'm still in New Orleans. How's the city holding up? Because New Orleans has like, um, I mean, it's it's used to getting beat down, you know, on a, on a yearly basis. It seems like with the hurricanes and stuff, and it always rises back up. But uh, how's it holding up with uh, with this disaster? It's doing good. I mean, you know, they, I mean, just like anywhere else, everybody's pretty aggravated. Yeah, everybody's kind of ready to get back to regular life. I actually got the vaccine yesterday, so nice. um, yeah. So you know, for me that. To me, that's one step closer to, you know, possibly being able to do some shows. And I just saw today 
Crowbar is doing a show April 10th. So, so it, I, I think it's it's slowly but surely starting to come back, man. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier about it. I think it's going to, you know, probably be the biggest thing music's ever seen once it comes back. You know, it's going to be huge. So. I know. It's, I was going to say, people are going to lose their goddamn minds, dude. Like, when, <laughs> like, that or they're just not going to know what to do. You know what I mean? Like, just going to stand there like, wait, what? I, I don't remember. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll definitely have some people, too, that won't even go to shows, you know? It's going to take a while to bounce back because we're, I mean, I, mean, I don't want to harp on the pandemic or anything, but still, it's just like, I, I feel like we're past the 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 total threat of the virus and now it's just like public paranoia is going to be the biggest hurdle to get over and stuff like that i mean people are going to feel how they're going to feel you know no matter what on on either side of the spectrum and stuff but uh to, for us all to come together just n- people have uh have never been more divided it feels like no i agree i agree with you 100 percent, man you know it's kind of kind of shitty you know it's weird i know definitely weird bro yeah, tell me about it. I didn't, I didn't think I'd see anything like it in my lifetime, but uh, that's why I like talking about the good old days. But, um, but yeah, you, I mean, y'all have been, you've been playing music since I was in diapers, basically. Man. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about it. Um, you know, obviously, everyone, if if you don't know Jimmy Bauer from I Hate God, uh, Super Joint, Down, fucking Crowbar, Clear, like, you, if there if there's a band uh, from New Orleans, you've been in it pretty much. Yeah, I've been in a, in a lot of bands down here, but you know, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know any different. I mean, I just like playing music, you know. So I wanted to ask you, um, especially because uh, I hate God started about uh, late eighties, well, like eighty eight, eighty nine, something like that. Yeah. And uh, what? Uh, I mean, when when you start a band called I Hate God, you know, and in a time when you know hair metal is is huge and. And stuff like that. I mean, you're obviously not, you know, going for the radio and things like that. What was um, what was underground music like back then? And because uh, because New Orleans is is a real like horn and, and drum town. It's really not necessarily known for you know uh, guitar music necessarily. So y'all really brought that uh, that heavy metal guitar edge to the city. I felt like um, what what was the scene like back in those days? I mean, there was a bunch of different rock bands. That that, that band called Zebra. They were from here, and they were doing really good. But I mean, yeah, it's basically, you know, the pop metal scene, and then and thrash was real big when uh, when we started out. That's why, that's kind of the reason we started is to to we wanted to be slow, you know, with hardcore vocals, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it was really shunned upon in the beginning. You know, people would be like, "Oh, you suck," and all this. So we loved it. You know, we we, we grew to like being hated, and uh, but you know, I mean. I, I, th- I think uh, I Hate God's definitely put its stamp in the New Orleans sound. You know, obviously there were a bunch of other bands too. Them, that band Exhorter was real big when uh, we started out. They were a thrash band too. And uh, New Orleans is, uh, like, to me, one of those towns that always has a shitload of uh, cool bands, you know? Mm-hmm. There, it's something down here it just influences people the correct way. There's always, always really. Uh, really unique and different bands that come out man so uh it's good to good to have been a part of all that you know and and uh and be remembered for some things you know totally does it blow your mind like when you go to a place like uh you know like like perth or you know like just like to the far corners of the world and just see like how far your music has reached people you know i mean from where it started it's amazing man 
it's really because, you know, I tell people all the time, we, this band, we never thought we were going to be anything. We thought we were just going to, you know, play some local shows and piss some people off. Next thing we knew, we were going to Germany and, uh, you know, putting our second record out. And and uh, it's, just, it's just been a fun ride after that, you know, just kind of, well, let's see how far we can take this thing, you know. And, and uh, <laughs> that's been really privileged to have good opportunities and, and you know, and just and be too stupid to quit. So and put those things together, man. It's just uh, been a fun ride for sure, you know. That's a big part of it, man, just not saying no. You know what I mean? Just to just say yes to everything, take every opportunity, and, like, you never know where you're going to end up. You know what I mean? Like, when you when you just keep going. Uh, and, yeah, like you, like you said, too stupid to quit. I like that. Because um, for me personally, like, I've been playing music, you know, in, in, in bands, trying to, like, get in vans and drive around since I was about 15, maybe 16. And um, I, I still feel that old. Like, I feel like traveling and, and, and playing music and just making that commitment, like, it kind of, like, you just stop aging, I feel like, mentally at least. You know, is it, you kind of feel like that, or has time kind of kept up with you? I agree with you 100%, because, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, living the way, like a vagabond, the way we do in, in vans and, you know, like nomadic or whatever, just, you know, uh, you tend to physically age, but like you said, not mentally. You know, you, you it's not really a much structure there to uh make you mature in that way you know so it's pretty you know i i think i think it's definitely an advantage you know because we learn things that you know people that don't do it don't you know and yeah experience really 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 cool things so and it's like there, there's so much downtime you know between getting from show to show and everything but the and and, and there is a lot that you have to kind of get through to get to that point where you do get to play, but it's the, the, the rewards are so much greater. I, I feel like when you just stick with playing music, um, even though they are maybe a little bit fewer and further between, uh, than, than doing anything else. I just, I couldn't imagine if I would have just stayed working a job, not, not knocking it or anything like that. You know, I just being like, you know, I just, I'm, I'm so glad that I, that I took that plunge and, uh, yeah, I, I wish that I was, that I was able to tell more people, you know, like that, just like chase your dreams. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's going to suck maybe a little bit. You might be tired and cranky and <laughs> you're not going to get rich, you know, but, <laughs> but at the end of your life, yeah, you're going to have a story to tell. Yeah. People ask me all the time, like, what do you have to do to be big or to be successful with music and all that? It's just, it's never quit. You know, that's the best, best advice I could give, you know, it's just don't, don't stop trying, you know, cause once you, once you do that, then, you know, somebody else that is going to take your spot, you know, or whatever. Lose that magic, yeah. You know, that's a good way to put it. It's tough these days too. Like I don't, I, I've I've asked some people that came on, like, like the, the motivation to to pick up a guitar is totally different, you know, these days than it used to be. Like I just wonder, like, what the motivations are in 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 the two thousand twenties, you know, to to pick up the guitar and to like to chase that dream you know because the dream is so different than it used to be yeah there's definitely different variables and you know labels are different and you know with digital with everything being digital it you know it is it's a completely different ball game mm-hmm. and uh you know it's just uh i i feel fortunate to have, to have gotten into it when i did i think i think it was a little easier than it is now like you were saying you know yeah, I can't imagine what bands have to go through now just to 
you know, to get on tours and stuff, you know. I would assume it would be the same thing we did, but probably not, you know. Mm-hmm. It's um, Even though, yeah, like, I feel like the sword, like, we, we were able to taste, like, the last little end of that, kind of like the whatever you want to call it, that major label MTV dream. Or, or, or whatever you know came along with that but um i just yeah i i find myself you know i'm I'm not even 40 yet but i don't even know how to navigate <laughs> kind of the current climate and stuff like it's it's crazy just watching the, especially in the last like 10 years i feel like um just watching everything turn upside down with uh the streaming kind of taking the forefront and everything um but but i've seen it work both ways like being a new band it's really difficult to kind of make a splash in that world but it seems like if you're one of the older bands that you know had records out in the 80s 90s things like that and maybe it was difficult for you to get distribution or you know things like that you know in other countries now everybody in the whole world can just listen to your records whenever they want you know like we used to have to go crate digging in record stores to find you know bands like big star or sparks or whatever but now anybody can just get on their streaming service and just look it up like crazy do you think that cheapens the experience a little bit or like, are, are you happy that just music is so accessible cheapening it is a great way of putting it because i mean i, I think you're so saturated with it that you don't may, maybe not give the full focus and attention that we did you know right it's uh i mean there, there's so much music out there it's so easily accessible that you know it's like do, do kids even listen to whole records you know or do they just listen to one or two songs and then move on and uh you know, I get. I guess uh, being a new band that would make it that much that much more of an incentive to be that to be that much of a better band. You know, to mm-hmm. really know your stuff and and you know get really good at what you're doing and everything and uh, and it paying off. But but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I like the old record rack days too, where. You know, look at it now. You know, you didn't even know who the band was, but the album cover was so sick. You yeah. know, that, that you were like, dude, these dudes got a rule, you know? And I, I do kind of miss that, you know? It's like you, it, lots, a lot's given away before you even know, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I came from a real small town when really we only had the radio. You know, like I, I knew, uh, you know, the boys are back in town. You know, and maybe they, maybe they would play Jailbreak, but I didn't, you know, have any idea that Thin Lizzy had, you know, like a dozen or more albums, you know, until I was able to like really get to a bigger city and go to a record store and, and dig a, dig through crates like that and find uh, all that old stuff or, um, you know, any underground music like that, uh, like Melvin's or, or, or things. Um, Melvin's was always one of those bands. I knew, I, I know you're, you're a big Melvin's fan, but um, it, I, I feel like they were one of those bands that like, how do you put it? Like there, there was grunge music, but then there was Melvin's and then there was like alternative music. And then there was Melvin's and then there was like heavy metal music. And then there was Melvin's, you know, it was like, they, they were this kind of like their own genre. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, I mean, the, the Melvin's contributed a lot. I think I just, it, the way they did business, the way they put records up, their nonchalant attitude towards being serious, but, but yet they were serious as fuck, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just, uh, they just, I mean, what a privilege to be able to be in a, into a band like the Melvins and have those, have a band like that to, you know, push you forward and let you, you know, put that template out. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to put it. You know, and, and, and they're just, they're just uh, one of those bands, man, that's like, 
you, know, you don't get often. Mm-hmm. And like back in the day, like with the, you know, like let's say you don't know somebody very well, but you find out that they like Melvin's, then you, that's, it's like an, almost like an in, you know, It'd be like, oh, okay, well, they're cool. They like Melvin's. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean, they, they were. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like a, like a musical barometer, uh, for society at the time. Um, yeah, I, I, I miss, if I could go back and like hear one band for the first time over again, it might be them. <laughs> do you, you got a band like that? It, it would be them, dude. That, that, really? that band yeah. had the biggest impact <laughs> on me, man. Because I was, being a musician, I was just like, what in the fuck are they doing, dude? You know, that it's incredible how good they were. They they were that band that I heard in my head, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it, from then on, it was you know, her up and was into that, but it seemed like the Melvins took it you know, took the influence of Sabbath or whatever, obviously, and went a little further with it. And, and they, they just, they so heavy, dude, you know? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like Glory Force Treatments is my favorite record of all time. And that record just, it blows my mind, man, because you can tell that they were young and, and uh, maybe they what they were doing exactly. So it's like, Jesus Christ, they encompass everything, you know? Yeah. It's wild. Fucking love that band. Uh, seeing them live, too, is crazy. It's nuts. Uh, did you get to see him when uh, Jeff Pincus was playing with him from Bohol Surfers? Yeah, well, yeah, I've seen him with Pincus, yeah. That was a great show. Like, that was pro- I, I've seen him in maybe five or six different lineups, it seems like, over the years, but that, that one might have been my favorite. Just I, I just love a good power trio. I saw him in, 90, in 91. They played New Orleans, and they stayed at my house. <laughs> the band I used to play, yeah, Trip. The band I used to play in this band called Shellshock, the singer had moved to California and was living with Dale in Frisco. So, uh, so you know, they, they called me and they're like, yeah, man, we need now to get to your house. Me, me and little Joey, the old drummer variety got fucking flipping out, dude, rolling joints. And that's the first time I really learned about touring because they showed up and we were like, yeah, we got a bunch of weed and everything. They were like, anywhere we can lay down. You know, they were just, like, totally not into, like, hanging out with us and all that. They just wanted a place to lay down and, you know, get ready to move on to the next town, you know, so. Tours up. Yeah, it's rough getting to New Orleans. Like, if you played Houston the night before or whatever, Birmingham, yeah, it's, like, getting all the way down in there, yeah, it's a a schlep. Yeah, it's a little bit of a drive, but, you know, and and the band I was playing in at the time called The Slugs, which turned out to be Crowbar, but we, uh, we got to open up for him, and then we went and played Houston with him the next night, and um, it was that was for the Ozma Ozma tour, you know. Damn. It just it was like, dude, they were so good. This guy Tom played bass from the record company they were on, which I can't remember the record company they were on. But um, dude, it was just crazy, bro. It was just, to to see them after listening to him for three, four years, you know, and 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 finally getting to see him was just. It was just like godsend, dude. You know, it was amazing, man. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Just like I said, a very influential band. You know? Absolutely, in, in many ways. Um, did you? Um, you ever? You didn't tour with them or ever anything, did you? You just played with them a couple times here and there. Yeah, when when they were doing the double drumming thing, um, they opened for Down for like a month, man. So oh, Jesus, I'm real good friends with them. You know, I've kept in touch with them and mm-hmm. stuff, and, and uh, but but. 
actually touring with them was was just a, a great experience to be able to see them every night and watch them sound check and you know like i'd sit around and hang out while they were setting up the drums and stuff and just got to become really close with them man and they're, they're great people they're weirdos you know, I, I, I love how weird they are you know it's like you know, because you know they're they're all in like Joy Division and like all these weird bands that people wouldn't uh-huh. think that you know they would be into. But but um, you know they're they're the real deal. To me, the Melvins are definitely the real deal. That's awesome, man. Um, but uh, kind of going back to you know like growing up for me, I think one of the first shows I got to go see when I was fourteen, um, I saw it was cold chamber was their first tour uh and then machine head and then pantera and that i think that would have been in 96 so that 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 was a that was a big deal for me you know uh then and then 10 years later uh we get the offer from metallica because we had sort of befriended lars uh in san francisco and then he had you know just kept saying we're gonna bring you guys on tour you know and when you hear a thing like that you're just like yeah right you know you just you humbly thank them and just you know never expect anything at all but um, but sure shit, they brought us out, and then we heard it was gonna be with Down. It was just it blew my mind, man. And I, I remember that first show that we loaded into it was um, at Bergen, Norway, uh, a, a little seaside town in in Norway, and uh, and just being there with all y'all, it, it just it, it was a surreal experience for me because I was like, God, God damn, we got members of I Hate God, Crowbar, Coc, <laughs> fucking Pantera, <laughs> Metallica. And my ass just like dropped in here. <laughs> you know, I was like, totally. what? like what I am I doing Hat, here? Hetfield came in our dressing room wearing a Trouble Skull t-shirt. And I was just like, dude, that's so, so cool, man. <laughs> yeah, to, just to, to be able to do that. That was an opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, that, you know, it, it, at the time it happened and everything, it was just great, dude. You know, it was, uh, you know, never have I been so focused on being a musician with, in that tour, you know, because it was just, you know, you, you gotta be on, you're in front of that many people every I night, know, I mean, obviously, crazy. had done festivals and shit, but you're opening for Metallica, for Christ's sake, you know, it's, it was just one, yeah, one band, like, you know, like most festivals, you're lucky if you get 30, 40,000 people there, but then, like, we just, you know, Metallica, they can just set up shop, and goddamn, you know, <laughs> 60,000 people show up, it's fucking crazy, and, um, and at the time, too, um, uh, Snake Sabo from uh, Skid Row was y'all's manager. So that was a big deal for me because they were one of the, Skid Row was actually the first tape I ever stole out of my dad's truck uh, yeah. to, <laughs> to listen to on my own. So that was a trip. Uh, how, how did um, he ended up managing y'all? Um, he was real good friends at Rex. Skid Row had done shows with Pantera or vice versa uh-huh. back in the day. And I think Snake had stayed really good friends with him. And he was working for McGee Entertainment. So he was looking for a band to manage, and we just happened to have Snake's a great guy. You know, he brought brought a lot of uh, cool stuff to the table. And, and uh, you know, it's, and he's come on tour with us and stuff. So he's really cool, man. He's a great dude. Yeah, I haven't seen him since then, but uh, I just, it, he was just so positive. Um yeah, it, just, it was one of those things, like, just, you know, I, I expected to, you know, meet Metallica and y'all and everything, but then when he was in there, I was just like, oh, god damn, <laughs> like, how many more yeah. people are going to show up, this is fucking ridiculous, um, but god, we played a lot of shows together, I think it was The Sword and Down and Metallica for, like, four months, I think, it was a long time, yeah, you're right, opportunity, of a lot. we only did, I think we only did, like, 20 shows, 
but um yeah right because <laughs> they play like every three days or whatever <laughs> yeah 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 that was a little hard to get used to but it was cool man you know so. They used to, uh, yeah, they would kind of let us play like our own shows in between here and there. But I mean, really, there wasn't a whole lot of time because, you know, those shows were real far apart. People don't realize, like, just because you get on a on tour with a band like that, like a, that big, you know, it's it's really hard to keep up with them, you know, because they got planes and, you know, trucks and buses and stuff. But, it's, it, you know, when you're just on a little tour bus, just trying to keep up with them like that, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's definitely not for everybody, you know. I've always said that, you know, touring is not for everybody. You have to, you know, you have to be willing to be weathered, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. if you're it, you know, because you're going to go through a bunch of shit, you know? It's a, it, it can get crazy. Cause I mean, like our, our load ins were like 10 AM, you know, to these arenas and stuff like that. And then, you know, you're done playing by eight o'clock sometimes. And then you just, I don't know. I would just, I was 24, 25, dude. I would just party until noon. You know what I mean? Go to sleep, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, for three or four hours, wake up, do it all over again, and uh, that that can wear on you uh, for a while, man. It's uh, it, you know, partying and, and and rock and roll tours and stuff. It's kind of a young person's game. Um, yeah, have a, I don't know, like yeah, do y'all still get crazy on tour, or do you, is it kind of mellowed out a little bit? Uh, I mean, we used to, but I mean, I got kids now, man, and, and yeah, you know, it's just. Uh, need to take care of myself you know i mean might drink some beers and i'll always smoke weed but but you know, as far as like the opiates and coke and you know and shit like that that you find yourself doing but you don't even really want to do what you're doing it you know just that shit kind of went out the window years ago so yeah i mean i'm 52 now so you know can't really be doing that kind of stuff every night anyway you know so it's uh yeah it's um, even though it was fun even though it was fun i was gonna say like it had had a great time like no regrets but still it's like <laughs> you just can't keep that up forever yeah i mean like something like weed you know definitely influences you know influences your playing and you know and stuff like that i mean it's, and it's a to me a safe a safe thing to party on you know and there's nothing wrong with having a couple beers you know i, I never i never got to the point where i was an alcoholic with alcohol so mm-hmm was more, more the opiates I had a problem with, you know, yeah. so. Now, you actually, um, I don't know if you remember, but you introduced me to, to one of my favorite drinks. Uh, <laughs> I was walking by you in a hallway one time, and I said, uh, you just had a little cup, and I said, what are you drinking, Jimmy? And you just said, red wine and vodka. <laughs> red, I introduced you to that? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I got to say, it was good. I poured myself one. I don't, know if, I don't know if that was me, man. That might have been one of the others. I've, I've never really drank red wine and vodka. I don't know. It was just one of those nights backstage where there was just a huge table with all kinds of stuff on it. Maybe maybe it was Hercules or somebody like that. I don't know. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, it might have been Kirk, man. <laughs> that sounds pretty brutal, though. Ugh. Those, uh, yeah, those nights all do kind of blur together. But, um... Actually, I was trying to. I was gonna ask you too. I don't know if you remember the the first night uh, that you met us, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't because we were all pretty messed up. <laughs> but uh, it was at One Eyed Jacks. Um, the sword was playing. I can't remember who we were playing with. I think we were just headlining, coming through town. But uh, you you came through and um, you were already pretty lit up. <laughs> this would have been maybe like. Uh, I don't, you know, 15 years ago, maybe something like that. And, um, and you know, Rio uh, Hackford, the, uh, the owner of One-Eyed Jacks, uh, yeah, he was in there watching us too. And uh, I remember you walked backstage 
and I was like, oh shit, it's Jimmy. And uh, you walked up to Rio, and uh, Rio goes, hey Jimmy, and you just threw your drink in his face. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah, no, no reason to party like that anymore, man. Oh man, I just like just crap. I was like, oh shit! Like I thought Rio was gonna throw down, but he just wiped his face off and was just like, hey Jimmy. <laughs> Again, I don't remember doing that. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I don't remember. I, me and Rio were pretty cool, so I don't remember ever doing that. But I know, man. It was it it, it was a lighthearted uh, gesture, but yeah, it was just one of those party nights, man. Shit got out of control. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how is one at Jacks, man? That was always my favorite club to play. Is it still uh, is it hanging in there? Or is it gone? Yeah, as as far as I as far as I know, I mean, once uh, once shows start opening up again, we'll see for sure. But yeah, yeah that is a great place. It's like a uh, like a small old small theater, you know. So it's a uh, definitely a uh, a cool venue for without a doubt. You know, one of my favorite places to play. It's just um, I don't. Yeah, it's it's got that. It's it's like a, it is a theater, I guess, with like you know the curtains that can be pulled and stuff like that. But it's still so small, you know what I mean? I only think it holds like maybe four hundred people, something like that. Um, you just we can have some great nights. Think of back in the day in the eighteen hundreds and stuff. That club must have been crazy, you know. It's like uh, no. you know, they probably did like weird theater shows and stuff like that, you know. That, that, that's one cool thing about all those clubs in the quarters, the vibe of them, you know, just mm-hmm. and the history, you know, and, and the atmosphere that come along with them. Really cool. I, I do love the quarter, but the rest of the city is beautiful too, man. I know the Garden District's kind of uh, up and coming and um, and stuff like that. And uh, there's there's a new club there called Gaza Gaza that uh, we played from time to time. Um, and uh, I know like Siberia's around there, but um, but yeah, I can't I can't wait to get back there once uh, all this kind of shit opens up. New Orleans has always just been one of my favorite cities. Well, it's a great place to play. I mean, people, I, I I think the scene here is great, and uh, you know, people really support touring bands and you know and just just the atmosphere of new orleans you know it's yeah. it i guess it gets the whole party 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 thing but you know on the other side of it there's you know serious music scene and you know and it's just cool to meet bands that are coming in town and mm-hmm. you know go out and see everybody you know I, I really miss going to shows a lot you know so that was where i would see all my friends i mean i don't really hang out with people all that often anyway you know what i mean but the my personal life but yeah shows was always just where i got to see everybody and catch up and and shit it was almost yeah it's like uh the only place uh that i would go it was a very spiritual experience in in many ways uh got to got to refill my soul it's ridiculous you know yeah yeah it's ridiculous it needs to go away <laughs> well well i know um you know, back in the day, like, uh, I hate God and everybody used to, you know, you, you would tour around with uh, crowbar and, and Pantera and stuff. Um, and that whole scene, but were, were there any other bands that were like, maybe the little lesser known that people don't remember that were like, uh, kind of like a brother band or a sister band or whatever that y'all would like tour together a lot or that y'all were kind of like chums and, and just, cause I know that sometimes once, uh, you never know who you're going to make friends with when you go on tour and, and uh, you, you make friends in the most unlikely places, but were, were there any bands like that that you just, you know, we we did a lot of touring with that band Buzz Oven. We 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 did uh, a lot of touring with them. We did our first tour with them, probably our first three or four tours with them. Nice. And then like uh, bands like Anal Cunt and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Acid Bath was from New Orleans. We never really toured with them, but but they were they were really kicking ass too, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, trying to trying to think, man. Um, like recently, we toured with the Obsessed, which is really cool. The Chromags. 
um, you know, getting a tour with all these bands that we look up to is just fucking mind blowing, dude. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I do. You know, it's just like great experience, man. I I wish more people got to experience it because <laughs> I think the world would be a better place, man. <laughs> it just travel. I agree. Travel in general just like eliminates you know, a lot of bias and just kind of shitty attitudes and, and things like that. I wish more people uh, had that in them, but it, I, I get that it's not for everybody, but um, yeah, man, I, I just, I miss just flying to Europe every two weeks or some shit, you know, like just getting some weird offer and you had, you know, I, I used to call it the 24 hour game. Whereas like, if you play music long enough, like you never know where you're going to be in 24 hours, or like what you're going to be doing or what kind of bullshit you're going to have to be dealing with or who's going to be in jail or <laughs> you know, anything. It, it really is like a crazy-ass adventure. Yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a really cool lifestyle and you know, fortunate to have been involved in it and, you know, and still involved in it. And just, uh, it's, it, you know, that, like I said, you know, I think I think you see things, and you learn things, and you experience things that not not every not your average person's gonna see, you know, and and formulates your character, and you know, makes you know makes you the weirdo that you turn out to be, you know, because mm-hmm. you've done all this cool stuff, you know. But you're right; if everybody could experience it, it would be really cool, you know. Obviously, you got a guitar player and and uh, played drums for Crowbar and and. and uh and down and stuff. What what was your first instrument? Because I know New Orleans is such a kind of like drum and brass town. Did you start off playing drums and pick up the guitar later? Or how'd, how'd that come about? Yeah, I started off playing drums. I did the band and school thing, you know, and then uh, kind of put it away. And then when I was around 12 or 13, picked up the kit. And uh, then when I was around 18, 19, I started playing guitar. So uh, guitar was definitely later. And then obviously I, I learned how to play bass as well. And, uh, but yeah, definitely drums first, man. That's rad. Yeah, I, I wish I could hang like that. I just can't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think because I just I'm such a lead guitar player that I'm constantly like dancing around the rhythm or like playing like a little bit ahead. You know, it's really tough for me to like lock into a groove like that sometimes and just keep it that way. Uh, I'm sure if I practiced, I could get it. But I don't know, man. I always it's like drums is always one of those instruments where it's like I, there's nothing I love more than watching a really kick ass drummer. You know yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's it's really it's really physical, you know. It's like uh, that that's the one part about it that I used to love a lot. You know, I haven't been playing drums much lately, so we yeah. did that one live live stream with down. But uh, I mean, if I could do it, anybody can do it. That's the way I look. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of down, uh, I've I've uh, read rumors of the uh, covers album that y'all are working on. Is uh is that done? Or are you still kind of like kicking around ideas? No, we're still kicking around ideas. It's something we've been talking about for like ten years now. So yeah, <laughs> just to kind of let all, let everybody know what our main influences were and stuff, and and mm-hmm. uh, it's just picking out the right songs to do, and yeah, you know, and and uh, just a just a matter of time, you know. But uh, I think it's a cool idea, and uh, well, people and hopefully we'll get it done. hopefully yeah hopefully we'll get it done soon, you know. So yeah, going to be any curveballs on there? You don't have to to name names, but. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely going to be some songs that people are going to be like, wow, wow, man, you know. I think yeah. that's the point, you know. That's totally. the point if you do a cover record, you know, try and make it as weird as you can, you know. Absolutely, man. Because, I mean, you know, I could, I, I mean, y'all's 
you definitely have your own style, but I mean, like it, it, it ebbs and flows in many different ways. I could see y'all like doing just about anything, really, if you you know put your mind to it. Yeah, you know, and I'd, I'd like the more obscure the better, you know. Uh huh. And and actually try and turn kids on to different bands, you know. That to me, that's, that's a good point. point behind it. You know, try and get them into something that out of their comfort zone that maybe they wouldn't listen to, you know, mm-hmm. by hearing a cover of it, you know. I think Metallica did that pretty cool when I was younger, you know, with the garage days, you know, I was like, oh, wow, you know, got, got you listening to, like, the British Invasion of Metal and, you know, and stuff like that and did a Misfits tune and, you know, it's just kind of breaking it up and, and not making it, like, uh, what's that word, uh, predictable, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's still so many bands, like, from that era. I feel like, you know, that I really did my homework and, and, and dug through just about every record bin there was, but there's still, every once in a while, just, like, will be a whole bunch of bands that'll pop up that I'd never heard of before, and then I'd just be like, how did I miss this? You know what I mean? Like, and uh, so I guess that is one of those things we are talking about, like, the streaming kind of making everything accessible now. It's uh, uh, It makes me wonder, you know, like, what else is out there? So I, so I keep digging, you know, I... I, I it's it's hard for me to get into to new music these days sometimes or just hard not that I don't like it but I just don't really have the time to invest in it anymore or anything like that but um but yeah I, yeah I uh every once in a while though I find that new thing that just like just uh, really yeah just does yeah. It for me yeah I mean like uh I mean I'm a big fan of like outlaw country and stuff like that and I I, I really like R and B and you know lis- listening I like I like I like hearing how things evolved you know how like mm-hmm. You know, like you bigger band, you know, like what, what were the Rolling Stones into? What was Sabbath into, you know, and, and what was Skinnered into, you know, and stuff like that. And I think you find yourself going down a rabbit hole where, you, you know, you hear a, a lot of different bands that you never thought you would, or you may have heard the name of the band, but you didn't, uh, really? That's what they're like, you know? So I, I mean, I miss that, man. I miss yeah. that a lot, you know? It's like, that's uh, definitely self-exploration, you know, that you're doing and, and it's a uh, really a cool thing, man. I I do love about New Orleans, like just when you'd be walking down the street, and just all of a sudden, like just some crazy brass band would be playing, and like that energy that they have and shit like that. You know what I mean? Where it's just like watching some guy play a trombone. I was like, man, he's playing the trombone like a guitar, man. That's nuts, you know. And then like you just sort of like kind of go down that rabbit hole of like all these different New Orleans jazz bands um, that just hit so hard, man. Uh, yeah, I. I, I I really miss you know, being able to just walk around the city and just see things like that, you know, because Austin is such a guitar town. You know what I mean? You can't go oh, anywhere yeah, really without, is. you know, getting Steve Ray Vaughan shoved down your throat. And yeah, it's great. I love the guitar, but um, just, I, really, I really like other kinds of music that just sort of get you out of that box, you know, and um, that's that's kind of what I've been gravitating more toward lately is just like kind of w- more weird, like world stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely brought, it broadens you as a musician. It, you know, it opens up your... Uh, your vocabulary as a player, you know, mm. <clears throat> to step out of your comfort zone and, you know, and then you can adapt that to your heavy band, which, which is, makes it therefore that much more unique, you know? Absolutely. Man, I cannot wait to hit the road again. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm doing iron work right now. My friends, I, I love my friend to death for helping me out the way he has, you know, but you know, I, I definitely, I'm ready to get in front of people again and start jamming and uh, doing what we all do best, you know? Nothing like it. 
the show Nothing and not yeah, you got it. I mean, are there any plans on the books that just kind of keep getting pushed back or anything like that, or are y'all just hunkering down, waiting for it all to blow over? Well, I mean, there's there's a couple things going on this summer that that might happen. So it's just uh, just kind of waiting around to see what the world's going to do, and then then follow suit, you know. So uh, yeah, you know, I I think I I kind of think we're going to Europe first. So that seems to be the consensus. Maybe in the fall. Yeah. So. Uh, just looking forward to all that, you know. Fingers crossed, man. Like, yeah, like you, man. I'm ready to get back out there, you know. It's it's what we did. <laughs> yep, and it's what we still do, you know. It's what we're the best at, you know what I mean? Oh man, uh, you want nothing like it? Put a damn smile on my face today. I get to leave my house, man. Oh my god. Well, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me for a little bit. Uh, I know people are going to love hearing what you had to say. Uh, as, um, you got I, Whenever I have a musician guest, I usually ask if they want to play any music or anything like that. Do you got any uh, any uh, favorite groups that you're in you want to drop a song on? You know, honestly, I was always a huge fan of the Mystic Crew of Clearlight. Um, I just thought that was such a rad band. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, like, keyboards and rock bands, which I don't think there's enough of these days. But, uh, yeah, anything you want, man, if you want to drop a song. Yeah, man, uh uh, this band called The Meters, Sissy Strut. Oh, pfft. I'll play The Meters all day long, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good band. And, you know, hopefully somebody will listen to them and be like, damn, who's this band, you know? Yeah, they're one of my favorites because uh, they used to come to Austin all the time. There was kind of like a, a connection there because Cyril Neville, uh, after Katrina, he would come through uh, quite often. I think he moved to Austin for a little bit, uh, and so uh, he was always kind of like sitting in with whoever was playing downtown, and uh, it was just a trip. To, to see them and all uh, Zigaboo uh, is one of the best drummers around uh, so yeah if anybody out there yeah if anybody out there doesn't know who the meters are you're about to be in for a treat hopefully they don't sue me for playing the song on my <laughs> oh, they're not gonna <laughs> they'll never hear it <laughs> well Kyle thank, thank, thanks for thinking of me brother uh, I love you and uh, I hope to see you soon and and uh, yeah man just stay cool and Keep practicing, bro, so you can get Hell ready yeah. for when it happens, you know? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Love you too, Jimmy. Thanks so much, brother. Uh, All right, brother. You have a good one. Uh, yeah.
Thanks so much for tuning into the highway this week. A big shout out to Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, and Earthquaker Devices. If you liked what you heard, you can follow where you can follow, subscribe where you can subscribe, and if you want to go one step further, you can support us on Patreon at The Highway with Kyle Shutt. For a few bucks a month, you can help us keep this party going, get early access to next week's episode, and even get yourself a shout out. <laughs>